Are you ready to have an open and honest discussion about sex and spiritual wellness without secrets, censorship, or barriers? This is Unbuckled with your host, Christy Ann Bella. In this program, there are no topics that are off the table, from religion to health, feelings to sexuality. Get ready to hear from some incredible people. And now, here's Christy Ann Bella. Hello and welcome to Unbuckled. I am your intimacy architect, Christy Ann Bella. And with me today is a darling friend and an amazing coach and just all around beautiful person inside and out, Kamaria Joy. Welcome. Hi, Kamaria. What an amazing introduction. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I had so much fun when so you were like part of the, the early beta of this concept when I was like doing Facebook lives mm-hmm. and you were one of the people who I'd been following on Facebook. We'd actually met in, in real world. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of our relationship has grown via social media because I, I see your stuff and I follow and comment and we exchange. And, um, and so, yeah, I was so inspired by you that I was like, Oh, I want, you know, I want to do this thing. And, uh, and so now you get to come to the elevated escalated version of like podcast on voice America radio streaming on all platforms. Yes, <laughs> I love it. I, I really enjoy watching things grow and getting to actually be a part of it then. And then coming back now, I'm just like, Ooh, <laughs> And you've grown and done so much. So you um, ventured, you know, an incredible model. I mean, just, uh, and was already living because that was something that stuck out about our last conversation was, you know, I asked you like how you start your day and your answer was so beautiful about this intentionality and going around your house and these like positive affirmations. And so now you're a life coach. So I love how you've taken this practice that really was yours and, and grown it to help support other people. So tell me about, um, specifically communication coach, right? So Mm -hmm. that's, I think the key piece, like communication is such a vital part of our life. So what was the moment where you're like, okay, I, I see how well this has worked for me and, and where am I headed with it? Absolutely. So it's funny you ask that because it was not a direct line. It seems like it should have been. (laughs) Um, But so I have been in corporate for the last about 16 years Mm -hmm. of my life. And so I decided once I was going to start coaching, I had already started coaching in the corporate environment, specifically for sales and customer service. And then because of COVID, I ended up losing my last corporate position. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do my own thing and start my own coaching practice. And so at first I was like, I'm going to specifically coach executives and people who are incorporated that just really want to level up in their career and want to learn how to be their multi-dimensional, like colorful self in the corporate environment. Because you know, that's kind of like two opposite things as of right now. So I was going full steam ahead for that, but kept feeling like I was hitting walls. And then from there, it ended up turning into me deciding that I was going to do confidence coaching still in the corporate environment. (laughs) Um, And mind you, this is like each month it was changing over the course of leading up to this. And then I kept getting calls from friends and having these phone calls and people were like asking me about hard conversations and asking for what they want. And like, you're good at this. Can you help me with this? So I started doing that. And then finally, after like the fourth call happened, probably within two weeks, um, my friend was like, so wait, what kind of coach are you? I was like, I'm a confidence coach. She's like, why aren't you doing communication coach? coaching. I was like, well, communication's a part of confidence. And she's like, yeah, but you just helped me with this. And didn't you say that you've been helping everyone with that? And I was like, 
huh, yeah, guess you're right. Mm-hmm. So then from there, that was kind of like the flip of the thing that people keep coming to me for is communication. And that's what really helped me to focus in and dive into saying, this is the lane that I'm going to be in. Yes. And it, it's so important to be able to ask for what you want. Um, it is, it is yeah. not a skill in fact, to the opposite, we're told that it's like selfish, that it's mm-hmm. um, it maybe even rude, bitchy, um, demanding, you know, so we're really not given permission. And then, and then when we do ask for what we want and we hear, no, we're really like not prepared to embrace the, the trust and alignment of, of a no. So what was, mm-hmm. how did you even begin practicing asking for what you want? Like, do you have a memory where it like clicked for you of like, I'm, I'm trusting this, you know, whatever the outcome. Well, it was, it really started as a kid because I have a mother that is very good at asking for what she wants. And she always told us as kids, if you don't ask for what you want, you're never going to get it. She was like, you're going to hear no's and you have to understand that that's going to be okay. And she basically instilled in us that someone saying a no, you don't need to receive that as a personal rejection. You receive that. That's just not what someone, what's working for them right now. And that's okay. And so, So from a child, I would say probably at about 10 is when I really started talking to her more and having those moments of kind of like being mad at receiving a note, but then her just kind of being like, what are you mad about? Like who that's your problem. Like you are your own responsibility and you handle your own emotions. And so that just kind of led me into adulthood. Now there's a a moment as an adult because asking as an adult and a child are two totally different things. Um, And it was honestly, it was at my first corporate job when I asked for a promotion Mm -hmm. because I felt like I wasn't making enough. I was doing a lot more work than I thought I was going to be doing. And I just kept hearing my mom's voice saying like, if you don't ask, then you just won't have an answer. And so I went to him and I went to my boss and I was like, I feel like I should get this amount of raise. And this is why with this title and blah, blah, blah. And Hey, sorry about that. (laughs) It's life. Okay, buddy. It's okay. (laughs) Um, so, and from there he actually said yes. And I was like, Whoa, Like that was so much easier than I thought um, because we step into things being so terrified of what the Mm. response is that we're going to get. And that fear actually keeps us from taking any steps forward. And as a result, there are a lot of things in life that we'll never get and never have because we let the fear lead us from not even moving forward and asking a question. Yeah. Yeah. I loved how you, you know, fear over purpose. Like I was going through all your Instagram and Facebook and it was like, yeah, like, you know, to honor your purpose over fear. And, and there's a cliche saying like, we don't get a hundred percent of what we don't ask for. Right. Um, I love that your mom had the insight to teach you about accepting a no at such a young age. Uh, cause I definitely missed that boat. Like I, I learned that later through actually a, a mutual friends of ours at, you know, at parties and things in my twenties uh-huh. where this idea of uh, emotional intelligence and this, this different level of communication, nonviolent communication. And, and the first time someone said, thank you for your no, I was like, what are you even like, what is happening? Did I just, is this the twilight zone? Like <laughs> you did not just say that. How do I respond to that? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so do you feel like what, it, what is the correlation if you 
have a hard time saying or hearing no and bridging that gap to being able to ask for what you want? Where do you feel like you need to like kind of meet those ends together in order to to start to feel empowered to, to communicate? Yeah. So I would say ego is, is really the culprit in a lot of this because your ego is, it's, it's one of those, like it's, it's good and it's bad. Right. Um, so your ego is there to protect you as a child growing up. It's your ego is huge and protecting you and helping you like with your building your self-esteem and confidence and how you show up in the world as an adult, what ends up happening is we start hiding behind ego mm-hmm. Because vulnerability and spirit are terrifying. And that means that you're now open to possibly getting hurt. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to get hurt. You don't want to be sad. You don't want to be upset. You don't want to be angry. So you do whatever you can to try to stay away from those emotions, not understanding that those emotions are a huge part in how we show up and who we are and showing up in that vulnerability. And what that vulnerability means is stepping into uncomfortable situations on a consistent basis Mm. and understanding that we're not always going to look put together and we're not always going to look like the superhero. We're not always going to look like the adult or the mature one because we're still humans Mm. and there's still that little person inside of all of us that still needs to be heard and cared for. And a lot of things asking for what we want can be coming from that place. And so we convince ourselves we either don't need it Mm. or we don't actually want it or, oh, well, I can just do this instead in place of it, right? In place of asking for what I want. And so all of those things, it's, it's trying to protect us. Ego is trying to keep us looking a certain way to the outside world and being a certain way. But it's really just about stepping back and literally being like, thank you. You have served me when I needed you to. And I will let you know when I need you again. <laughs> and then you have to step past it and you have to just in, in the fear because that doesn't mean the fear is going to go away. Right. Doesn't mean the nervousness or anxiety is necessarily going to go away, but you just do it in spite of. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And and I love, you know, you were talking in my, my pre fill out note thing, Uh, (laughs) um, this idea of being radically honest, even with the parts of yourself that it hurts to admit. And I feel like, you know, that's, that's it is if you are pretending like you don't want it, or, you know, if you start telling yourself some story Mm -hmm. that needs, it needs, it needs what I call the gremlins, you know? So then it needs uh, this idea of unworthiness. It needs this idea of playing small. It needs all these things to feed off of. Mm -hmm. So what, well, first off, what is radical honesty for, for those listening who this is like a, a new concept? It's the scariest thing that you never want to admit to yourself. (laughs) It's that thing that, so for example, for me, I am a recovered perfectionist and I still have my moments of having to fight that side of myself. Very type A personality. Everything has a place. It needs to be done a certain way. And when it comes to the way that I show up in things, like I can release other people not doing things perfect, but me doing things perfect was a whole different story. And so it was me having to actually stop and tell myself, I'm being neurotic right now. I am being a little bit crazy. This actually doesn't make sense. 
This is just my emotions and, and, and protection and things that I've built up saying that everything has to look a certain way, but it doesn't. And so it was me having to get really uncomfortable and poke at those holes in myself that are those parts of my personality or being that may be what we would call a weakness or something, a challenge, something that we struggle with. And it's actually shining a light on those things on purpose. And this isn't necessarily saying you're like going out to the world and being like, look at all of my things. Um, but it's, it's doing it with yourself. It's stopping and saying, okay, this is something I'm struggling with. This is a challenge. This has prevented me from moving forward or growing in certain ways. And I'm not saying you're sitting there beating yourself up because there's a fine line between this radical honesty out of love with yourself and then beating yourself up for it. So you just want to admit it. Admitting it is really a huge thing. And whether that's in a journal, whether it's just in your mind, whether you're sitting in a room by yourself and you're like, am I actually okay? So a check-in you can do with yourself. Am I actually okay? Are all of my emotions feeling balanced? And am I in like a happy place? Am I in a peaceful place? Any of that. If you're not, that means something is off. Something's Mm -hmm. happening. So then you say, okay, why am I feeling, let's say, a little sad right now? Hmm. Well, it's because I just experienced this with my partner. Okay. Why did that affect me the way it did? Why is it leading to sadness? Well, It's because I chose to do this or this thing happened and it made my partner react this way. And so you just kind of play that why game to really dig into what's behind being out of out of flow or peace or balance or happiness. And by doing that, you're now allowing yourself to be radically honest with yourself and then taking full responsibility for your part in any emotion happening. That's, that's, that's that last part. <laughs> that's like, the sting. <laughs> right. It is now saying, okay, no matter how many other outside factors were a part of what I'm feeling or what I just discovered, there's something I can do. That's a part of it. There's something I did that is also a part of it. Mm-hmm. So what is that radical responsibility? What is that piece that I can do something about? Right. And so all of those things are what I feel fall underneath the the umbrella of radical honesty with yourself. Mm, I love that. It's so good. And I mean, so many things out of that, like, you know, yeah, the radical honesty is not abusing yourself, right? Like it is not that abusive judge. And, and I loved how, you know, this idea of a communication coach is, is not just how you're communicating with other people, right? This is really I, so much about how you're talking to yourself yes. and, as you're uncovering the layers and you realize it's a friggin' iceberg and it's not what you're seeing on the surface, you know, <laughs> exactly. when you're in the deep of that to still be compassionate. So where is that piece where you start to invite spirit in or, or the compassionate self in or the peaceful self in, however you want to look at it. Um, and, and you're still maintaining that integrity of discernment of like, okay, I'm, I'm being real, but in a nurturing way. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, a pretty sure tell sign is, are you spiraling more? Like if you are having this conversation with yourself and you feel yourself spiraling to somewhere really dark, you can tell if you're really just kind of being like, oh, why did I do this? And then also um, being repetitive. 
So for example, if I'm digging into an emotion or something I'm feeling or being honest with something that I did, then I can be like, I can acknowledge it. I can admit that I did it, but it doesn't mean I'm now sitting there thinking of all the things that could have been done differently. And then asking myself, why would you do that? Oh, I'm so stupid. Oh. And then you start insulting yourself from there. So it starts with, is the emotion getting worse and worse and worse? Or is it just that um, the best way to explain it is a dog who did something wrong. We've all oh. seen a dog who did something wrong and they tuck their head and their tail goes between their legs. That feeling is, is going to happen if you're being honest with yourself about what you've done or a part you've taken in something. But if it goes from that to you now feeling like, you're a crappy person and I'm horrible. And you start insulting yourself and finding yourself calling yourself names, telling yourself all of these negative things that you are. That's, that's when it's getting into the unhealthy part. So the admission is going to usually bring at least some sort of, dang it, I did that. But then from there, it's up to you to say, all right, I did that. How can I prevent this from happening again? What can I do next? And then your mind now moves on to moving forward in a solution rather than either staying stuck in it or spiraling further in the opposite direction. Yeah, because it would you say that's, you know, it then feeds a victim story. If you if you yes. allow that spiral to happen, then you're like looking for that, that punishment, that beratement, mm-hmm. and, and that reinforces the idea that the, the better life isn't, you know, isn't for you. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And then you'll actually go and start looking for other people outside of you to bereave you too, to berate mm-hmm. you too, and to put you down and to agree with how bad you are right. and all of that. Yeah. And I love, you know, you talked about, uh, in, in our little form thing, um, I, I always feel weird when I say you talked about, cause it's like, you didn't actually say it to me. <laughs> you wrote about it. I did in my head. Technically. You did in your head. <laughs> um, but like who you're surrounded by, you know, yeah. that it's completely up to you. Not only the choices you make, but if you look at your life and you're unhappy, like to see who you're surrounded by and who you're aligning yourself with, mm-hmm. because we are an extension of the company we keep. These are mirrors Absolutely. around you. And so, yeah, just, you know, what, what is that? Again, I think it's just such a dance between the, the, the not feeding into the fears of abandonment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not settling, you know, for people just for the sake of not being alone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so this is this is an interesting journey that I have personally been on mm-hmm. um, from probably my late teens all the way until my 30s is when I finally got out of it. <laughs> um, and that was understanding that wherever you are, energetically and mentally, mm-hmm. that is what you're going to consistently be surrounded mm-hmm. by. So if you are like, I'm a personal growth person, which has been me for the last, I don't know how many years of my life. I I focus on personal growth and I'm trying to be a better person and I'm constantly reading the self-help books and having these conversations and blah, 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 blah. But then I was surrounded by people that weren't showing up, that were flaking a lot, Mm -hmm. that I didn't feel like I was really trusting, that we could have fun, but then there would always kind of feel like be this little empty thing missing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure or just flat out feeling alone. Like I didn't have anybody. And I kept going through these stages. Like I'm doing all of this work on myself. Why is this not happening? It's because I wasn't being honest with myself 
<laughs> about where I really was. So mm-hmm. I was focused so hard on all of these books and self-helps and things that were moving me forward that I wasn't actually acknowledging and sitting with the emotions and the being that I currently was. And then having the conversation with why. And so that was the first thing where people either not having people around me or the people I was having around me were basically just like, oh, shoot, I really need to to spotlight back onto me because all of these characteristics and these people I'm saying I don't like, they're coming from (laughs) somehow, even if I don't realize it. And so that was the first like that I (laughs) figured out. Um, And from there started recognizing and understanding like, yes, the people around you will shift. However, if you are basing your experience and your growth and your movement and your trust in yourself on the people around you, then that is going to become an issue because no human is for sure going to be in your life for the rest of your life or any amount of time. You have no control over that. So then what I started learning was living in the presence and just being in the now, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, one of Mm. my favorite books. Um, It reminded me that I am not going to hold on to any relationship in my life. I am going to appreciate it. I am going to be present within it. And I'm going to show up as my best self until it doesn't exist anymore. And once I started treating relationships like that, I started noticing a shift because I was no longer trying to make relationships happen or make relationships be a thing. I was just showing up as me and who I was. And then as a result, the people who no longer aligned with me literally removed themselves. And the ones who were aligned with me started coming in. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm surrounded by these people who we all take radical responsibility for our own emotions and our own experiences. And then we get to just have a lot of fun, a lot. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we will see all around us for better or for worse (laughs) aspects of ourselves. And, Mm -hmm. and in that moment, when you start to take out of theory and actually put into practice, these, these changes, you are not the same person, you know, it, and thank God, right. Like, or think whatever you want to call it. Like, because I think back, you know, I mean, 10 years old, 20 years old, like I'm 42 now. Like I am, think I could not imagine being that, that same space, that same mindset. We have to yeah. grow and not, not everyone's going to be there. Uh, there's a great analogy of like, like the elevator, like, you know, there's only so many people that can fit on the elevator. The elevator keeps going up at some point. You got to let people off new people yeah. got to come on. It's going it's to shift. Yep. It's true. Um, one of my favorite analogies regarding that, and it's something that I have, um, kind of designed my life around. And that is, I, I call it my snake analogy. Mm. Um, and a lot of people are like snakes, you, I'm like, you don't understand. They're so amazing. Um, but specifically it's the fact that a snake, snakes live 25 to 40 years. Mm -hmm. They have pretty long lives for animals. And They shed their skin every, let's say, few weeks. 
Sometimes it may happen a little often as they're growing faster when they're young. Um, but every few weeks they shed their skin and a snake doesn't freak out. They're like, oh no, my skin's about to come off. They don't freak out. They just kind of go wherever they need to go in their hide. They get near moisture. They do whatever they need to do to make sure that the skin shedding happens as smoothly as possible. Yeah. It's just part of life. Yeah. And I was like, if humans could adapt that mm -hmm. and understand that in your life, as you grow, you're going to shed skin that could show up as a new city, new people. It could show up as simple as your favorite restaurant closes, right? Just things that don't even feel like they really matter. It's change and shifts and things mm -hmm. being removed or brought back into your life. Mm -hmm. That is going to happen with every new stage of growth. So what you got to get worried about is if nothing in your life is changing, that means something's wrong because you're not moving forward. Right. And it's just understanding that that release and that skin shed is going to happen if you're becoming the next best version of yourself. Yes. And yes. it's just receiving that is something exciting because now that means something new is coming. Something new is happening rather than it being a I'm desperately trying to hold on. Mm. Yes. Oh, we're going to dive into this more as soon as we come back from our break. I want to give you all the ways to reach Kamaria. Uh, you can reach her on Instagram at Coach Kamaria. That's K-A-M-A-R-I-A -A Joy, J-O-Y on Instagram and Kamaria Joy on Facebook. And we will be right back. You're listening to Unbuckled with Intimacy Architect Christiane Bella and my guest Kamaria Joy. Are you tired of having the same fight over and over again? Is it hard to remember a time when you felt close to each other? Before you call it quits, do you want to do something to rebuild that spark of intimacy? Of course you do. Ignite the passion like never before with Intimacy Architecture. Text 626-310-5159 to set up your relationship consultation. Again, text 626-310-5159. Think about how much sound you hear all the time. Noise, music, your own heartbeat. What is it made of? How does it work? How does it affect you? The universe of music takes you into the particles of life and the beat of living. It is an interactive online masterclass of music and science taught by the internationally renowned musician and scholar, Dr. Marcine Bella. Visit theuniverseofmusic.com. That's theuniverseofmusic.com. You are listening to Unbuckled with Christy Ann Bella. Reach out to Christy Ann with any questions or comments at intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. That's intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christy Ann welcomes your emails. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I am Christiane Bella, your intimacy architect, and you are listening to Unbuckled. And today we are unbuckling the world of communication with our guest, Kamaria Joy, who is a communication coach focusing on spirituality, individuality, finding your power, finding your voice, knowing how to ask for what you want. And this is how we build the life of our dreams. Welcome back, Kamaria. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. So before the break, we were talking about, you know, that those deeper relationships um, and ultimately the relationship with change 
because mm-hmm. it is inevitable. And mm-hmm. I think as we form a relationship with ourselves, having a relationship with change is vital because you're you're never going to be the same version of yourself. Thus, the world around you is is always going to shift and reflect that. So, yeah. What was um what was that moment where you realized like okay, I these things are not happening to me. They're happening for me. Right. I feel like that was a a moment for me anyways, and how I was like, okay, I see change happening for me instead of to me. This is a different game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was actually when I shaved my head (laughs) was probably, um, what, what changed that mindset for me, um, releasing my hair, releasing everything that goes along with being a black woman with long hair and keeping it done and all of the things that come around that and being beautiful with it. Um, once I released that, then that shifted my mindset around everything happening in my life. It made me realize how much I actually do have control over. We grow up having it preached to us that you don't have control over anything. Well, okay. You don't have control over other people, right? You don't have control over necessarily what the outcomes or things are going to be, but you can absolutely control the way you are choosing to show up in the beginning of all of those things Mm -hmm. that can help direct an outcome. Right. And so it's just understanding and recognizing what we can do and what you do have control over. And if that is where your focus is, then when the things out of your control happen, it's a lot less stressful because you've now prepared yourself um, and stepped into this with an understanding of things are not happening to you. (laughs) Um, Nobody is just setting out like with a magnifying glass trying to burn your little fuel. (laughs) You're, you're sorry. You're, there's a lot of people in this world, right? <laughs> so, so that's, and that again, leads to that victim mentality. So, right. And isn't that kind of a blow to the ego? Like when I tell people, I was like, no one cares what you're doing. And even when I've had people tell me that too, I'm like, I get like almost offended. Like, uh-huh. well, because <laughs> no you one's... feel like, you feel like I matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we do, but it's like, you know, I say, you know, the 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 universal it includes you but it's not exclusive to you and so absolutely like you know we're we're all magic little snowflakes but there's a lot of snowflakes and stars or whatever like you're special but you're really not that special yes and not not that special that is the key (laughs) so yeah so in that moment when you you know i think visiting self-control in this way of of i get to I get to be empowered by that. Not like, Oh God, it's all on me. (laughs) Well, and the way that I was able to move through that is I started choosing into change as often as I could, because what happens is our brains there's, and I'm not even going to go into the scientific geeked out version of it because there's a lot of things, but our brains are basically wired to keep us from doing anything dangerous, uncomfortable, scary, or that we don't know the outcome of. It's like, no, we know that this is what happens from our experience of the things happening. So let's just keep doing that. Don't change it. So that's why you get that anxiety or that nervousness when you're about to do something new or unsure or walk up to that person and ask them out or go over there to this new country or travel to this new place because your brain is like, ah, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't want to do that. 
And so what I decided to do was I was like, well, what, what can I control within that? Okay. My brain is wired to do this. I can't do brain surgery on myself and change it. Right. (laughs) So what can I do? Well, what I started doing was just little stuff. Instead of buying wheat thins at the store, I bought Cheez-Its. Instead of going, getting chicken fingers from my favorite restaurant, I would try that new rice dish that I wasn't sure if I was going to like. When I was driving to work, I would turn off my map and leave a little bit early and take some different streets. And sometimes I got lost and then I would have to turn it back on and get my way back on. So I got 10 minutes out of the way or what have you. But little things like that, where I would just change in my everyday routine as often as I could. And what that's doing is it's exercising muscles. It's exercising the muscle in your brain that's now new, making new neural pathways, because at a certain point in our life, our brain stops making these new neural pathways. It's like we're set. We know what we're doing. 80% of your day is done out of habit in your subconscious. Mm -hmm. Your brain is like, we got this. But by doing that, it's stretching you and it's exercising this muscle that's like, that's uncomfortable. I don't know. I'm not sure about this. So then what happens if you're if you're going and exercising that muscle a little bit every day with one, two, five small decisions. Now, when that bigger thing happens, that really is out of your control. All of a sudden, you're not freaking out as much because you've been doing little changes every day and your brain is like, oh, we're, we're, we kind of know. Okay. We're okay. We're, we're not too bad. Right. And it, it really does help make a difference in the way that you receive change and the way that you communicate within change. If you are consistently exercising that muscle leading up to those moments. Yeah. Because when chain happen, change happens and your response is like, the sky is falling and, and, you know, everybody hates me. (laughs) Then it's the spiraling effect again, right? You know, it's like, you're not able to, to navigate and see where you, you still are empowered to make choices within that change, right? That's the, the, absolutely. Yeah. So how have you navigated continuing to build this, you know, the, the idea to choose responses over a feeling, a sense of just automatic reaction. Like, do you have a certain daily practice that helps the, the muscle training? I, I know you gave this great example of making little changes, but, um, yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoy doing head to body meditations mm. and what those are. It's meditations that really help you not focus on your thoughts, like thoughts happen. So I'm one of those people who I have tried all sorts of meditation and I was like struggling with finding anything that would work mm-hmm. for me. Um, I'm very high energy. I'm very much a busybody. Yoga didn't work. It does not make me calmer. It makes me more hyper. It's like, it's all of the things. And so I ended up realizing it's because I was existing so much in my action oriented self that the, the, the flow part of me, the feeling part of me was actually being neglected a lot. And so what I ended up doing is every morning I do a 10 or 20 minute meditation I'm not the person that meditates for an hour a day. I love spirituality and I have a lot of practices, 
the meditating for long periods of time is not one of the things. So it was like a huge deal for me to get to the point where I can meditate for 10 minutes. And even now that I've been doing it for a while, I still just do the 10 to 20 minutes because I find it still effective and, and doing what I want it to do, which is it's pulling me out of being in my head and into just feeling my way through my body. It leads you through feeling through your arm, your hands, uh, rubbing your fingertips together to just feel that touch. And thoughts will still happen. But the way I like to work through them is rather than trying to keep thoughts from happening, Mm -hmm. I allow them and then just kind of let them poof and just like fade away as each one happens. So they're still going through, but I'm focused on my body at that time. And by doing that, um, it has helped me when different moments come up because now I'm more aware of what my body is doing. Um, The reaction comes from your head, right? the response comes from your body. Mm. So that is something to keep in mind is the more aware of your body you can be, the more you're going to be able to do a moment happens and you're able to just be like, and you deep breath, you take a moment. And then that allows you that interruption from whatever, all of the, we like to call them brain monkeys, the monkeys that <laughs> like, like trying to jump on a situation and freak out taking that breath literally interrupts your mind from getting ready to freak out or do whatever it needs to do or protect or say or nails out, right? Right. It interrupts it and allows you to now bring your body into the experience. So you can say, okay, how do I actually want to respond to this? I know what my reaction would be, but now we're heading to respond to it. So, and I mean, so much, great stuff there, but yeah, not, you know, not following the train of thought, like the, the trains can go by. You don't need to get on them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and when you talked about the the monkey mind, um, it totally took me back to when I was in my Kundalini training and like towards the end, we did like these little sketches about, uh, about what we had learned. And so I was the monkey in the monkey mind. And so there was like the, the you know, the other characters were, were trying to stay calm and, and sattvic and I'm like running around, like shouting things, <laughs> but it really is like that. Like, like if that, if that was outside of your brain and you saw it happening, you would not go anywhere near that. But somehow no. we, we allow ourselves to entertain it's true. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of fun to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you kind of get closer. Cause you're like, wait, mm-hmm. this seems interesting. <laughs> and then it grabs you in. <laughs> yeah. It's like bad reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, I love that. That's a, that's a wonderful practice. And, um, Christy Hicks, um, Christy Hicks, who I believe, mm-hmm. you know, she was yeah. uh, a guest a couple of weeks back. Um, and we were talking about how, like, get any piece of it. Like, you don't need to sit for 45 minutes or an hour or do whatever, you know, if you have great, if that's your, if that rocks your boat, knock yourself out. But I'm like, some days it's three minutes for me. That's, yes. that's my minimum. I'm like three yep. minutes at the minimum. If I have time to brush my teeth, I have time to do this. Yes. Um, and then everything else is icing. So yeah, like 10, you know, it's like, that's so important to just, and, and to know there's so many meditation techniques, right? Like yeah. it is not. I'm not a sit silent person either. Like I need hand mudras. I need something, Uh Uh, you know, and so you meet yourself where you're at. I have a yard now. So I'm doing walking meditation. I get out. I like walk my feet in the earth. It's, you know, there's, there's a way to just come back to the breath and the body. And that's really all it is, is is Mm -hmm. focusing out of the monkey mind and into the self. Um, So 
the, the idea of marrying this into the business world, I feel like we're hearing that more and more like, you know, mm-hmm. vulnerability and, and, and Brene Brown being out there and, and this idea of creativity only comes out of vulnerability. You want happy, you know, offices. So you, from this corporate world to now be doing this, where do you see the corporate world moving? Like, where do you see the evolution of, of bringing this wholeness approach? Well, I mean, honestly, it's getting to the point where they're not going to have a choice. <laughs> um, when you think about it, uh, corporate, a lot of people don't don't seem to really think about where corporate started. Everyone just wants to be mad about what it is right now. Right. And it's like, OK, but think about it. Corporate started. We had wars. Right. People now came back from the wars and then they went back into the workforce. So now they have Army, Navy, Marine mindset going into the workforce. So now you have this very stoic, we're we're not talking about our families or all these other things. That wasn't the times. That wasn't what was happening. It was a very serious time where your personal life is your personal life. And this is what's happening at work. And they, they kind of needed that for protection. Right. And so it made sense when it started. Well, now fast forward to where we are now, you now have all these creative minds coming, the millennials. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge, but like the millennials have been a huge part in that mindset switch. And it's been very important for this to happen because millennials are like, I don't want to just do what's always been done. I want to do something different. And that needed to happen on a huge scale in order for any change to happen. And so now what's happening in the workforce is you're having more and more young people coming into the workforce like, but why can't I be my colorful, bright, multidimensional being while also doing an awesome, awesome job at this technical skill? I don't understand. Why can't I do both? And so what's beginning to happen more and more with companies is they're like, oh, wait, our turnover rate is increasingly high. We're spending thousands of dollars training people and then they're leaving two weeks after training ends and companies are starting to suffer. So as I've been in the corporate world over these last 15, 16 years, I've noticed just little changes where they're like, they're trying to do things the way they always did, but they literally can't because they're hitting a wall. And then as a result, you're now not making as much money because you're constantly outputting more for the hiring and these other things. And so it's really forcing the hand of those who don't want to make that change. And it's happening in in a lot of companies right now, but I just see it continuously moving forward because the the people, millennials and our gen, further generations, we're not going to go backwards and all of a sudden be like, we don't want to be creative and like our bright lights and do our things. We're like, no, this is just what it's going to be. And if you can't provide that for me, I'll just go do it somewhere else. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's forcing companies to do that. And that is the reason that I still want to have my foot in the door of corporate. And I do plan to eventually have a consulting company where I go in and I'm like, okay, this is what's going on in your culture. This is what's missing. This is what needs to change. Let's create a plan. Um, because it's it's time for change and the change is going to happen whether they want it to or not. So they may as well have people coming in and be willing to receive and accept it. Right. Exactly. Like we were talking about, you know, embrace the change and in fact, be proactive about it. Take the yes, initiative exactly. and create the change. Yeah. Change yeah. the questions you're asking. That's how you're going to succeed. Mm, I love that. Um, and so one of the most wonderful things that uh, I love that you've, you've written was the world needs you to be you. 
And, and I feel like, you know, in new age community, like we want, people like to throw that around. Um, but it's so true. Like no one can be the version of you. Like, you know, we each have something to contribute, Mm -hmm. you know, it it is a tapestry, but your thread is your thread. And there's, there is no other thread like that. So what is that, what has helped you to really embrace your own uniqueness and, and not feel like you were talking about with shaving, you know, these moments where it's just like, it is safe for me to shine and be, and be me. Accepting the fact that I am not going to be liked by most people. Mm. (laughs) So when it comes to choosing things we like, what we're going to do, where we're going to go, what we're going to be, it's really about social. It's about being accepted into a group, being appreciated and seen and heard. And what happens is you want to be appreciated and seen and heard by most people you come in contact with. That's what our, our, our being wants. It needs to belong. Right. However, (laughs) if you are truly going to embrace who you are and what you do, there's going to be a period of time where you're going to feel like you're not being seed, heard and accepted by hardly anyone. Yeah, there's going to be a very select few that's like, all right, well, these are my three people. And this is just what it is. Um, So I went through this stage of feeling like I had no friends, like none besides like my family and uh, my best friend that I've been friends with since I was like 12. (laughs) Um, I went through this process of being of feeling very lonely and alone and It was just about me continuing to be myself, be honest with myself about who I was, what I liked, what I believed in, and not changing it regardless. Only changing it if I truly was like, oh no, I actually like that viewpoint of that thing. So I'm going to change my thoughts around this. But it wasn't, let me change so that I can be accepted into this group of 25 people. Mm -hmm. Or so these 50 people over here will now be okay with me or want to hang out with me. Um, And it's just being okay with the fact that it's going to be a little lonely on the way. And also understanding there's another side to that, because the longer that you are within being yourself Mm -hmm. and being totally you and radically honest with who you are, then you're going to start attracting more and more and more people. Because now it's to the point, I'm like, I'm going to have a party. Who do I know? And I'm like, ah, that's a hundred people. I don't want to invite <laughs> people. And so now it's to the point where I know so many people who celebrate me and love me and are like, yeah, let's hang out. That I'm like, now I have to get super selective. Like, okay, well, what characteristics do I want in my inner circle of people? How many people do I want in my inner circle? And then start having that conversation. So now I'm on the other side of that, but it took a while to get there. And it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But through that, you have this relationship with your, with yourself first and foremost, and yeah. that is what enhances, you know, it always cracks me up when people show up and, and it's like, they do this chameleon thing and they're like, well, I don't understand. I feel like I don't know them. I feel like they don't know me. And it's like, yeah, because you've been lying to them. They've been lying to you. <laughs> so of course you feel like you don't know Everyone's each other. No themselves. one's been authentic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the ability to just bra- embrace that authenticity and, and that alone is not like some sort of death sentence. Like it's actually, again, it's, it's an opportunity, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you get to become your best friend. You're not, 
yes. out there. Uh, isn't there, there's a great song where it's like all by myself, all by myself. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, the thing is, it really comes down to if you've never fallen in love with yourself, mm-hmm. how the hell are you going to expect someone else to? Yeah. Like they don't know who are they falling in love with? <laughs> if you don't know. And it, it took some time where I, I would do things like I had a journal that I would just look up topics in life. And I started with the big ones, like the, the religion, the politics, that kind of stuff, spirituality. But then I even did stuff like, what are my favorite colors? What's my favorite city I've ever been to and why? And I actually started asking myself that just based on things that I knew I liked. And I would just kind of check in to be like, wait, do I like this? Cause someone I know liked it or my mm. parents, it's their favorite or I grew up around it. So it just kind of became a default. And I started asking myself these questions and I had to separate and mm. peel apart my upbringing from my adult beliefs and life. Because there's so many things that we say we like and believe that is just built in by Mm -hmm. default from growing up and having parents and having friends or cousins or whatever. And so I still consistently do that. Well, I'll be like, do I I actually like this thing? Or is it because I was around a bunch of people that liked it? So it was just easier to like it. Mm -hmm. And so I still have those conversations with myself. And it's a lifelong thing because it's really easy to get caught up in being and doing because of your surroundings. Absolutely. But yeah, to just keep going. Yeah. It's an, it's an ongoing check-in of, of self-discovery. Um, well, I want to be sure we get you out of here with, with time to, to get in. So, um, I, I want to give everyone one more time. Um, you can reach Kamaria on Instagram, which is coach Kamaria, K-A-M-A-R-I-A joy on Instagram and Kamaria joy on Facebook, uh, communication coaching. I mean, just as you could tell from this conversation, amazing things that you can learn and practice and put into your life. What is the final thought you want our listeners to take away with? Oh, 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 that's heavy. What a <laughs> final thought. <laughs> um, the final thought is you are worth being in love with. Mm, yes. So I encourage everyone to get really uncomfortable And if you cannot look in the mirror at yourself in the eyes and say, I love you 10 times straight and Mm. actually mean it without some sort of crazy, different emotions, uncomfortable, weird, I don't know what to do with this coming up, then start working on that. Yeah, I'm going to go practice that. You can't, you're never going to show up in your full light and as your best self until you are in love with yourself. Yeah. You have to love who you are. And that's not saying you're not still going to struggle. I still struggle. I still have my times. I still have my days where I'm just like, ah, I don't like me. Right. <laughs> like all, that happens because we're human and constantly moving and evolving. But at the end of the day, if you're not in love with yourself, then the way you communicate, the way you show up, who you are, your very being is always going to be missing something. Yeah. Yes. It's a gift you give yourself first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has been such a pleasure and joy. Thank you so much for being on the show. And Thank I look forward for to talking to you me. again soon. Yes. Yay, I love it. Thank you, Christine. <laughs> oh. All right. 
Well, this has been Unbuckled with our guest, Kamaria Joy, and I am Christiane Bella, and thank you for joining us. Blessings to you. Thank you for listening to Unbuckled. You can join Christiane Bella for another program with amazing guests, stories, and advice every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to check out our new show coming soon. 